Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six Cents Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, with Jonathan, and we are recording directly after Philadelphia Eagles went on an overtime thriller against the Buffalo Bills, and I know Jonathan is just thrilled about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about thrilled. I'll say that was crazy that we pulled out the win. That was an awfully sloppy game. I did not think we were going to win for the majority of it, but yeah, a win's a win, 10-1. and one. Um, delayed the podcast a bit, but yeah, you have to watch that. So crazy stuff, man. Absolutely. So let's look, we, we, we couldn't really record cause of Thanksgiving and then other stuff leading up to Thanksgiving, but we're going to, we got a lot of games to cover here and that's the majority of what this podcast is going to be covering. So we'll just review some games and talk about general NBA stuff. Cause I don't know if there's too much to cover outside of that. Um, so let's start with the Haw- Sixers and Hawks. The Sixers uh, won that game 126 to 116 against the Hawks. Uh, Kelly Oubre was, of course, out that game, as well as I believe, was it Nicholas Batum or was it Joel? Uh, Nicholas Batum, yep. So the Sixers won that game. Good for Joe, good for the Sixers to win that game without their two two of their key rotation guys. Um, Jonathan, let me let me ask you this. What's the good in this game? Yeah, I think I'm going to Tobias Harris. I'll let you get some of the other other players, but Tobias put up 29 and he hit three of his five threes. That's what we need. Like we need him to be able to knock down his threes in big moments, 12 of 20 from the field, like 60%. We always say he's efficient. He was shooting a lot. I mean, most shots on the team, but he was open and he hit him down, like knocked him down when he was called upon. And honestly, that's really what I want to see out of Tobias. Again, I continue to think that he doesn't get like the flowers that he's worth, obviously, because of the contract. But I think he played extremely well on both ends of the floor, and I was really impressed with Tobias. How about you? Well, I mean, I got to give it to Joel here. He had 32, 7, and 8 assists in this game, two steals. Shot pretty efficiently from the floor. Maxi was so-so. Melton was okay. I mean, solid for who he is. Uh, Daniel House is the other guy that we want to shout out here. 14 points in 18 minutes, pretty efficient shooting from the field. Uh, not so efficient from the three-point line, but, you know, th- he was a plus 10. That's really good. Sixers need that. Uh, what was the bad here, Jonathan? I mean, I think even though Trey Young only had 22, it looked like he could get whatever he wanted, and we continue to come back to this theme of guards being able to to do what they want against us. He, he got 10 foul shots, which is a lot for a guard, honestly. I mean, we expect Embiid to get to the line. Embiid only had 11. Um, which we say only, but again, he's had like 17, 19 free throw attempts. Trey got 10. Uh, we were giving them easy points at the foul line, and I just continue to think our perimeter de- defense needs to be better. I do like Rocco in that role, and then I think obviously Kelly Oubre, when he gets back, helps out. How about you? So uh, before I get to my bat, I just want to point out here that without those 10 free throws, Trey Young would have had 12 points on 14 shots. He shot 5 of 14 from the floor. So, actually, outside of fouling, I think the Sixers did a good job containing him, uh, scoring the ball-wise. The bat here, uh, uh, this is a tough one. I'm going to – I know this is going to make Chris be mad, and he might want to come back on the podcast, but – Paul Reed was not that impressive in this game. Two rebounds, two points, minus six. Not all that great. 
like I said, Maxi and Melton were so so. Maxi only had 19 points, but did have eight assists. So, I mean, look, a win's a win. I'm not going to uh, go into too much this one. And I think, like we said, player of the game, you, it seems like you're kind of stuck on Tobias. I'll go for Joel. I think yeah, they played, yeah, they played great together. And Tyrese, I mean, 50% from three and knocked down his six foul shots. He played well, but I do think that, yeah, Embiid and Harris were the um, – the lead dogs in this game. So why don't we, let's take that to the uh, next game. So Sixers played the Brooklyn Nets and they came out with a fairly easy win. 121 99, uh, pretty in hand early since early in the game, dominant second quarter. What did you think was the good in this game? I mean, look, Maxie and Joel dominated. They both had double doubles. Joel was close to a triple double. He kept Joel's minutes down. Um, that that's that's. I mean, look. I mean, you could. I'll let you talk. But those those two guys, they're a really potent combination. So I I mean, they combined for what fifty seven points in this game. Fantastic. Yeah, I I love that too. And I think Melton, we got to give the shout out too. Eight of ten from the field, man. Four Absolutely. of six from three. That was huge. He had five boards, three steals. Really at work on the off at the defensive end. Like I said, it's. It's great when we can get some the guards getting steals and then showing that they have perimeter defending. Um, yeah, I think Embiid and Max here are definitely the the key points here in this game. But man, Melton played great, and that's pretty much what we really want to see, as we're saying from our role players. So, what did you think was the bad though in this game? No, I mean they're really. I mean, maybe Tobias Harris, but they're really like you said. We were in control for pretty much this whole entire game. You could nitpick, but I, I'm not going to say there wasn't a super bad one. I kind of kind of wish we saw more of like Ken, Kenya Martin Jr., maybe a little bit more Mo Bamba. I don't I don't know. Seeing some of the younger guys would have been cool, but you know I get it. It was you know the bad I guess was that Joel couldn't dunk on Ben Simmons in this game because he couldn't play in this game. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, Look, I think the the bench, they got a number of minutes uh, and, and no real scoring production. We didn't need it this game, and, and that's probably why we didn't get as much as we were looking for. But our bench is going to be key. People thought, like, when we made the trade for Harden that we looked really deep, and then just when Oubre goes out, we start questioning our depth. So I think that that's going to always be a concern. But like you said, there truly isn't too much to nitpick in this game. It was pretty easy win, 22-point I mean, win. I mean, Jaden Springer had 10 points. In 21 minutes, so I, I you know, I'll, I'll take the win there. Yeah, we got to take the win on that one. So, who's your yeah. player of the game in the Sixers Nets game? Uh, I guess it's Joel because he had the near triple double. So, yeah, yeah, I know, and I, I hate to agree. Obviously, we try to choose different, but I, I, yeah, 32 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. His facilitating is incredibly, incredibly impressive. Plus 25. I got to go with Embiid too for player of the game. Yeah, now we got to go to a game that. I wasn't thrilled about, to be honest. Um, kind of surprised the outcome here. The Sixers lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers at home in overtime. Joel Embiid fouled out. Uh, what, what? And you know, Kelly Oubre didn't play in this game either. So, what are what are some uh, good that you took away from this game? All right, Lucas. First up, I was at this game. First oh, you Sixers were. game. First Sixers game of the year in person. Uh, just a quick thing before we get into uh, like the good. The sixth foul on Embiid was brutal. Like in mm-hmm. arena, you could see he hit the 
who was it? Um, Garland tried to split Melton and Embiid, and Melton hit him on the arm. It was clear as day. And yes, the ref did not have the best angle, but man, she called a foul on Embiid. It wasn't even close. There was like so much ref discussion. Like if you were in the right spot, Embiid did not touch him. I actually wrote an article on this game that I, I think is great uh, because Nick Nurse used a challenge on Embiid's like third or fourth foul that was so unnecessary. It was a moving screen. He kind of stuck his arm out, gave a little wing. It wasn't going to get overturned. It was earlier in the game. I think it was the third quarter, like maybe the second, inconsequential, and he didn't have the challenge at this point in the game, which would have kept Embiid on for the game-winning shot. So that, all of that was like my biggest takeaway from the game. I, I just think that we, we shouldn't have been in a close game with the Cavs like this, but we made a great second-half comeback, and we lost it because we didn't have a challenge, or may have lost it because we didn't have the challenge. But with that said, I want to say the good was Maxi. I mean, we saw him come out of the gate with 30 points and six assists. He took over in the second half. I think he had like seven points in the first half, maybe. Uh, but he was a different person when he came out. High motor, played 47 minutes, truly left it all out there. So uh, I loved seeing that from Maxi. How about you? I don't know if I – I get how he took over in the second half. But, dude, shooting 11 of 28 for 30 points is not not the way to be efficient like he has been. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's – I mean, I guess Tobias Harris was good. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go to the bat here, dude, and I'm just going to say this. The defense against Jared Allen, there's no way that in an NBA game Jared Allen should be getting 20 field goal attempts. There's just no way that he should be make, taking that many shots. We gave up a lot of offensive rebounds, too, in this game. 14. I mean, we got 14 as well, but, like, you know, shouldn't... I don't know, man. Look, and they didn't even have Donovan uh, Mitchell yep. in this game. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a big thing. I mean, we're missing Kelly Oubre, but clearly not the same amount of loss there. You know, Max Struess shouldn't be going for 20 points. Jared Allen should not be going for 26 points. It's it's not a good look. That's that's all no. I'm going to say. No, it's not. And look, I, I mean, even another guy on the, the bench, Craig Porter, you know. Who, so I was sitting next to a Cavs fan who was, like, talking about this guy undrafted. He's been playing great. Dude, he – five of nine, and he put up 12 points. He was a plus 21. This is like an undrafted rookie who was just having his way. And – I don't know, man. Similar to, uh, like you're saying, like Darius Garland and Jared Allen, these are guys that should just not be putting that those kind of stats up, especially when we're looking at Mitchell not being in the game. This should not have been close. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think the bad was just letting up too much on defense. Well, I'll say this about Greg Porter. He also had nine assists in this game. Yeah, I think they – I think they – I mean, I, I just looked up his stats briefly. I mean, if he can keep this up, he might be a – good solution for the backup point guard problem. Uh, that being said, they still need more, uh, you know, somebody on the wing that's a little bit bigger than Matt Struess that can be a little bit more dynamic. They're missing that. And I don't yeah. know if they can get that. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, that's this game was not a fun game for me. You know, I just wish different outcome, I suppose. Shouldn't have lost, but it is what it is. We're moving on. Well, hold on, fire the game because I want I you hit on it for good. I wanted to just hit on it even more. Tobias Harris, he was minus six and he only like twenty three points on thirteen shooting. That is the efficiency we need. But dude, two of those threes 
were so clutch and timely. Like the Sixers needed them. The arena yeah. was just shaking. He he like he felt the pressure. He hit threes when he needed them, and and two of his three were huge. Um, with with keeping this game even close. So huge on Tobias Harris. But uh, did you have a player of the game for this one? I mean, I guess I'll go with Tobias as well. But yeah, this just didn't feel like a great game, which goes to our next game here. Yeah, we got so Sixers Timber Sixers Timberwolves, man. Tough loss. Joel Embiid was ruled out um, earlier on in the day, and we ended up losing one twelve ninety nine. So, just let me get your thought. You can go thoughts and good on what you saw from this game, if any. So Joel and Kelly Oubre were out, and normally when Joel goes out, the team goes with a you know Paul Reed. Maybe they could have gone with uh, Mo Bamba if they wanted to keep Paul Reed coming off the bench. But they want a completely different direction here. One with Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris, just for context here, Marcus Morris is only listed at six foot eight, and most of his career has either been at small or power forward. But he's also an old head now in the NBA, which is weird to think, because I'm pretty sure we were like beginning college when he got drafted, or maybe still <laughs> yeah, in high school. Yeah. Um, but look. I knew that they. It seemed like his game now has has an old man feel to it. Do you know what I mean? Like an old man game where you kind of he he's not fast. He's not going to wow you. He can still shoot, but he he has to play a position down in order to still be able to play defense. So I I had a feeling that they were going to try him out at center. I did not think it was going to be starting at center. Which this was a unique concept trying to play small ball against the arguably the biggest team in the NBA. So that 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 made things interesting. Uh, and they well, actually they were missing Jaden McDaniels, who's out for a couple weeks with an ankle injury, I believe. But yeah, no, uh, this this did not work out well. Like you said, one twelve to ninety nine. This was another loss for the Sixers. Uh, the good in this game, I you know what. Considering that he was playing, you know, well out of his depth, he did have five fouls in 16 minutes, but Marcus Morris definitely put on a show for us. 16 points, pretty efficient shooting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say he's a good, and that's that's about it in this game. I Maybe Paul Reed as well, but there, there's not much here. No, you're right. There isn't much. And, I mean, Morris did play good enough but yeah the, the decision to start him at center was just crazy um i think that look yeah the, i'm there's not too much that we're gonna say right now is good uh kj martin got a little bit of time not enough robert covington again he he played 20 minutes he didn't get enough offense but he's doing good on defense this is the first time the Sixers have been held below 100 i think they said this year uh the timberwolves have maybe the fourth lowest scoring opponents so they're good at defense we already know this that you and i Look, talked about it when, the, the, when chris the timberwolves, came on the, the, the timberwolves are a real team even without Jaden mcdaniels they're still a really good defensive team because anthony edwards Look, I'm gonna say this now and i i don't want to sound blasphemous but he's d wade with a jump shot you you make that comparison often and and dude i don't think it's wrong and i will say like outside of uh, this, I rank these teams weekly, and I have the Timberwolves being the best team in the West for the second week in a row. I, I think that they're incredible on defense. They're undefeated at home. They are just 
a dangerous team that's young. They got a veteran in Mike Conley. They can calm the team when they need to. And yeah, look, they had their way. We didn't have a big man. So Gobert and Towns were able to get all the boards they wanted. Each had 11. Uh, Gobert had three on offense. Like, I don't know. I I mean, yeah. What did you think was the bad? We can keep going on. Look, I mean, Tyrese Maxey having 16 points on 19 shot attempts is pretty darn bad. I mean, this was our easily his worst game of the season. Tobias was pretty inefficient, uh, 4 of 11 for 15 points. DeAnthony didn't show, like, nobody else showed up besides apparently Marcus Morris and Paul Reed. Like, everybody else, I mean, Robert Covington kind of, but not really. He didn't hit a three, like, this was a bad game. And look, this is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And even with Joel, this was probably going to be a, a hard game to win. Not saying impossible, but like, look, they have, I'll say this. If I'm the Denver Nuggets, I am praying I don't meet the Minnesota Timberwolves in the playoffs. Because without barely playing together last year, and this has been known because it's been said multiple times, the Timberwolves gave the the Nuggets the most problems in the playoffs. And let me just say this. If this team makes a deep run, more teams might be looking to go big again. Who knows, man? That's not, that's a good point you make. I mean, I think it is interesting. Look, they're both 7-0 at home, and everyone knows Denver has a real home court advantage because of the altitude, and Michael Porter even talks about it like openly. Minnesota mm-hmm. has a real home court now. So, yeah, I mean, it might be whoever has the highest seed, and right now Minnesota does. So, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. like you said, it would have been tough to win with Embiid, but I really would have loved to see it. It would have been like a litmus test kind of for the team. Mm-hmm. All around, the starters just did not shoot well. Inefficient shooting night. We shot 39% from the floor, 21 overall, like the whole team from three. You said it. they are a good defensive team, but that's just – you just can't have that. I mean, no, do, do no. you have a player of the game? Uh. Marcus Morris, maybe. I don't know. Paul Reed. Uh, you know what? Paul Reed had a near double double. I'll give it to Paul. Yeah, Paul Reed. Ten points, nine rebounds, four blocks. Shout out to Paul Reed. Um, I will say this about Minnesota. Mike Conley is great right now, but you cannot rely on a 36-year-old long term. You gotta find another floor general because he is a great organizer of the offense. But you yeah, need yeah. to find somebody that that works long term. And I'm going to say this. I don't think it's Shake Milton. He did not play well against us. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I was going to say probably Paul Reed or Marcus Morris. Since you took Paul Reed, I'll take Marcus Morris. He was asked to do way too much, but he performed well in his 16 minutes, 16 points. So good for him. Um, but yeah, that's going to take us up to our most recent game. We're going to be finally caught up. Why don't uh, you go ahead with the, the fifth game here? Yeah, we got Oklahoma City. We we traveled to OKC, beat a really feisty young team. Uh, they even outscored us in the fourth, and we were still able to win. Uh, this was a fun game. Look, it, it had its ups, ups and downs. Uh, you know, no Kelly Oubre. So what was the good in this game for you? I mean, it, I think it was Embiid getting to the line. That's the uh, good I'd like to see in every game. He Sometimes he likes to stretch the floor, and we know he can knock down threes, but it's just always good to see Embiid in the post, being aggressive. Teams can't guard him, and, and we know that. I mean, what, they got Chet to try and guard him? That's just not going to happen. And you can throw the Williams, whatever, any combination, and be can dominate that matchup. So 21 free throws. He made 19 of them. That's just great job all around. And, and Maxie got to the line 11 times, too. So 
I just like the aggressiveness. How about you? Look, I mean, yeah, Joel definitely, like you said, 35, 11, and 9. That's fantastic. Maxi had 28, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Look, it was a it was a good game. It was a good game, and we had both of our challenges wins. That was good challenge use by Nick Nurse both times. Yeah, that especially yes. Yeah, so that that was great. Uh, besides that, I mean, DeAnthony had a solid game. Tobias was okay. Nicholas Batum. Let's shout out Nick Batum here for the second second highest plus minus on the team with fourteen. Had fourteen points, seven rebounds, three assists. Now, do do we expect Nick to have games like this every single night? No, but if, you know if he can do this every five to ten games, give us a fourteen point game. That would be fantastic for a guy at this point in his career. Um, yeah, I, I mean Rocco did well too. Shout out to Rocco, despite getting five fouls, he was pretty efficient. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sure Chris probably watched this game if he has league pass. I don't know if he does. I'm, I'm assuming he does. Chet. Chet is a problem. Look, 33 points, three blocks. I mean, he didn't out-duel Joel, but he, he went toe-to-toe and did not find him wanting. Like, he did he did well. He did really well. SGA, we know who he is. Josh Giddy, uh, we're not going to get into the off-court stuff with him. Look, let's, we're, we're, guy listeners, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that, but yes. Yeah. No comment, but he did not play well in this game. Lou Dort did not play well, and they missed Jay Will, who who was uh, subbed in for uh, Case and Wallace. The other Jay Will, uh, Jay Dub, no, no, the starting one is Jay Dub. The bench one is Jay Will. Jay Will uh, struggled in this game. Look, the Thunder are a young, fun team. Uh, we came out of this game with the same record as them, uh, eleven and five. Uh, look, they they pushed us. Not gonna lie, and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens moving forward with them. So yeah. what's your what's your bad in this game? I think it's just I don't and this is tough. I don't know if this is just Oklahoma being Oklahoma City being really smart and cautious, but we only forced four turnovers, which is not great. Uh everyone on the Thunder was real ball conscious and, and that's how you win games. I, I truly think that like if you win the turnover battle, you have such a big chance of winning the game. So I think that they just played a little bit smarter than us. Um, we only had 12, and I know I say only. That's kind of good for us in recent uh, games, So, but it just needs to be be more. I, so I don't know if it just wasn't getting our hands in the lanes or anything. I think we played well, a great game, and I they, was really impressed. They, they essentially had three point guards in that starting lineup. Each SGA, Giddy, and Case and Wallace are all considered point guards. By the way, no one player had more than one turnover for them. So four out of their yeah. starting five only had one turnover. That's yep. insane. None of their bench had turnovers. That that was that was pretty crazy. So yes, yeah. let's, let's let's just keep that in mind here. So yeah. Anyway, um, I guess before we get on to the other you know NBA stuff, real quick, Jonathan, I just want to take a look at the Sixers' record in the last like ten games here. Okay. So let's go back here. The Sixers have a record of six and five and uh, six and four in the last 10 games. Cause for concern or just gauntlet of the schedule? I don't think it's a cause for concern. Uh, And I I wouldn't also say that it's a gauntlet of the schedule. We lost the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell. I think that uh, 
obviously missing Embiid in one game. I just think that this is what happens in, in a season. They started out a lot hotter than I think we all expected them to. And then teams kind of get to see what you have and what you are, and they, they game plan against you on defense. I think we're going to be all right. We're still in the four spot. I think we are one of the top three in the East, yeah, at least. So I'm not too worried, are you? Yeah, no, look, I'm not too concerned. Maybe my my concern level is like a 10 right now. I'm not overly concerned. Uh, you know, it's at a 10? It no, no, two out of 10. Two out of 10. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Yeah, two out of 10. Sorry. Uh, look, let's just see what our bench looks like when Kelly comes back because I, I want to keep Batum in the starting five and just have Kelly come back and have him be our bench scoring. And we'll go from there. Look, I'm not overly concerned, and we'll just figure it out as we go. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, so that takes us into our favorite topic at the to close out shows with. Do a little around the NBA, what we are seeing, what is newsworthy, what we're interested in. So why don't you go first, Lucas? Oh, gosh. There's, there's a lot to cover here. I, I guess what I'm kind of surprised about is the Sixers – are still alive in this in-season tournament thing. Um, this, how, how do you feel about the in-season tournament now that we've had some time to really digest it? I mean, I got to tell you, I am. I went to the in-season tournament game to kind of see how it would be. I don't know if there was an increased level of intensity. Um, the court was not great in person. But, look, I think it's interesting. I'm just having trouble, like, following. Like, I, I'm looking up, like, what the rankings are. How do you know this? I just don't think that there's, like, it's being pushed out as much on terms of like, here's the standings after certain games. Cause they're playing, everyone's playing the games on like Tuesdays or Fridays. A uh, nice recap may be helpful. I, I didn't know they were still alive. How like in uh, as a wild card. Yeah. As a wild card, they're still alive because Indiana has uh, clinched our bracket. And that's right now. Cleveland's ahead of us, but we're ahead of Atlanta and Detroit's already been disqualified in our group play. So I think okay. next, I think Monday is going to be, I mean, not Monday, Tuesday will be a real teller here. The West seems a lot more, uh, you know, seems a lot more solidified. Uh, Group A, Lakers clinched it only. Phoenix is still alive. Group B, New Orleans and Houston are the only ones still alive. Group C, Kings, uh, Minnesota, and Warriors are still alive. In the East, it's a lot more wide open. Like I said, Group A. That's us. Indiana clinched. So we're fighting with Cleveland and Atlanta for a wild card spot. And then Group B, uh, pretty much everybody's still alive with exception to Washington. And then Group C, Toronto and Chicago's out while Orlando, Boston and, uh, and the Nets are still in. So, um, yeah, no, look, I think it's interesting. I, you know, we'll see how it goes once we get to the elimination rounds, which I'm still kind of foggy on exactly how that works, but that's, that's another problem for another day. But anyway, uh, besides that, let me just take a look here. Orlando, let's talk about Orlando here. Yep, they're still 12 yep. and five. They're 12 and five. They they're tied with Milwaukee for the second best record in the East. They're, they have a better record than us right now. What is going on there? Like, look, because well, the, the, the offense is not better. They just have an elite defense. Dude, this is this was going to be one of my big points, and I'm glad you brought it up for a little discussion. They have won seven straight. They're in second, yes, right now. You know who their last two wins were over? The Denver Nuggets uh, and the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. They're beat, they beat the best team, in the, the team with the best record, the Boston Celtics, and Denver, when they played them, was probably top two, three in the in the West. I mean, 
Man, Orlando, like I was saying, like take a wait and see approach on them. I don't know, man. Something might be happening down in Orlando. They, 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 I mean, I don't know if they'll stay in the top six, but they're definitely a playing team at this point. Um, it's interesting because they're doing this without Paulo and Franz necessarily taking the leap into superstardom. They're still average. I think Franz is still averaging 18 points, and Paulo's actually a point down per game from his rookie year from 20 to 19, I think. So, like I said, it's really interesting to see what's going on with them. Are they playing tonight? I don't think. Th- oh, they are. And no, they, they already played. The, they won. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They won against um, the uh, Hornets. By the way, speaking of a surprise, not for me, but for you, uh, Memphis is now 13 and 3. 3 and 13. Is their season. Three and thirteen. Sorry, sorry. Three and thirteen. Jonathan, is it safe to say their season's done? I mean, they're si- people. If you're in Memphis right now, you're sitting here praying and saying, 10 more days, ten more games till John Morant's back." I mean, honestly, the West to get in the play-in right now, the Golden State has a what a, a losing record, and Memphis yeah, is technically four and a half games back. I, I think what the West is so deep, it's really tough to get off to such a slow start. But they are going to be truly a completely different team. So playing, I could see them doing that. I don't know, man. I just, I mean, look, the Clippers—they they won their last one. Golden State won their last one. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Golden State struggling though. That's that's a surprise there, huh? With with Steph back, they still are struggling. He is, uh, yeah, man. It, it's interesting. Yeah. All right, well, what do you want to talk about? So I was going to touch on the Magic, but yeah, great points. I, I just think that they are the surprise of one of the surprises of the year. I did not know that they would be this good this soon. They're very young. Uh, but out West, man, two things I want to talk about. The Suns are on a seven-game win streak. They just beat the Knicks um, without Bradley Beal and without Kevin Durant. Bradley Beal yeah. is going to be sidelined even longer. Kevin Durant, I think this is his second consecutive game, or, or maybe it was the first, but they, they're winning, and they, even without, like when Katie's on the floor and Beal's been out, they look like the team that we thought they were going to be before the season. I think this is a scary team for the Western Conference when they're healthy. If they're streaking right now without two of their superstars, uh, they made enough changes getting eaten out of there. And, and Chris Paul, I mean, I, I think that people should be really scared of the Phoenix Suns. And the other thing is uh, the well, Clippers, hang on, man. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before... Before you move on, let me just say this. The Suns were like in the middle of like like in the lower half of the top six with Kevin Durant and no Devin Booker. But with Devin Booker back, Devin Booker is a guy. He is yes. not just a guy. He is the guy. Because he, he couldn't do this when he was younger. And I don't know what the difference is now because he's putting up the same numbers, but how he's leading this team is different. He had 28 and 11 this season. Right now he's averaging 29, five and eight on 51% shooting from the field. And sorry, 25, basically 30 points, five and a half rebounds and nine assists. And he's doing this on 50, 45 and 92 shooting 50, 40, 90 in eight games. Yeah. I got to say, if Devin Booker can stay healthy, he's going to be in my MVP race. He really is. Dude, he absolutely should. He absolutely should. Yeah. It's just going to be how his game's affected when KD comes back. Um, KD yeah, so, well, yeah. So going to the Clippers, uh, we would, I, maybe not we, I loved uh, 
going at them when they were losing. When Chris was on the podcast, I was saying like they had a losing streak that may have even involved just trading for Harden before he even stepped on the court. But look, they've won four of their last five, and they it was a four game win streak before their most recent loss, or, or maybe yeah, they've won maybe they might even be five of their last six. But they're playing well, and they have the fourth best point differential in the West and the seventh best point differential in the entire NBA. They are like when they win, they get good wins. I don't I I want to be like because I don't want to see Harden do well. I want to be cautious also just saying like have they fixed it? It could also be their level of competition. I think they played the Spurs. I, I don't they they it it could they had some good games, some not great games, um, like competition wise, but it also could be Ty Lue having figured something out. So I think it's important to keep an eye on the Clippers if they really truly have figured it out just by Russell Westbrook going to the bench. Those last five games have shown a completely different Clippers team, regardless of who they play in. So I think it's interesting to just keep watching the Clippers out west. Yeah, I, I think it is interesting. We'll see how they develop. I, I, I do. I, I think Westbrook's going to be gone before the trade deadline, and it's not a knock on him. It's just with with James Harden there, him coming off the bench just doesn't feel natural for that club. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly where you trade him to. Definitely not Philly. Like, I know we need playmaking, but we don't need Westbrook coming off the bench. <laughs> no. Um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard sell. Maybe maybe bring him to San Antonio. Maybe maybe you trade him. I, I don't know. What team needs a point guard right now? Uh, no, nah, that doesn't work. They. I, I was thinking maybe – I thought for two seconds maybe the, uh, maybe the Timberwolves, but no – no, nah, oh. they, they don't want to mess up a good thing. I don't know. I, yeah. th- that's why I kind of don't know that he gets traded. I, he's not making too much money, and I don't know what they think they could get in return. If this does work out, him coming off the bench, man, maybe you just keep it as is. They're doing okay right now. I mean, yeah, they're doing okay. I don't. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, outside of that, shout out to Scotty Barnes. Continue doing what you're doing. Keeping Toronto in the play, and that's that's surprising. I I had them dropping. I mean, they could still drop. Brooklyn's right there. They just need to get healthy with Camp Thomas. Um, yeah, no, I, I, Miami, by the way, speaking of team streaking, I know they just lost two in a row, but, like, they're 7-3 they're and three in their last 10 games. Watch out for Miami. Oh, yeah, so before – that's a great point. Also, about Miami, I wanted to ask you something. I, I totally forgot about mm-hmm. this. I heard that – I think I was listening to Philly Sports Radio. I, I'm not sure where I heard it, but – they were saying that there's a very reliable reporter or someone who covers the Heat uh, down in Miami who said that the Heat have zero interest in Zach Levine. And the I think it was Philly Sports Radio, and they were like, should that be concerning? Like, you know, Pat Riley's kind of the guy who knows his thing, and if there's like, if they don't, really don't have any interest at all in trading for Zach Levine right now, is it the contract? Is it something that other teams, including the Sixers, should worry about? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, maybe, but it could also just be maybe they think that they have the ex- exact same player and Tyler Hero. I mean, let's let's look at the stats here for a minute. Like, give me a second to pull this up. But I, I honestly think that in terms of production this year, I, I don't know if there's a big difference here. So let me just yeah, pull Yeah, and that someone quick. was saying maybe like, you, like, because Hero's hurt right now and he might be in the, involved in the deal and he's been involved in so many, like, deal conversations that maybe you're just trying to say this to like not have him get worried, especially when he's hurt. But I don't know. It it also sounded like it could be reliable. So maybe you're right, 
But I think it's an interesting thing because we were saying since they missed out on Dame, it's I was at least thinking they're definitely going to go for Levine. And, and for them not to have any interest, I think that it kind of has to raise at least a little bit of a red flag for Daryl Morey and the Sixers. Well, question was, no, Jimmy Butler was traded for Zach Levine, so they never actually played together. Um, so let's see. This season, Tyler Hero is averaging tw- essentially 23 points, five rebounds, four and a half assists. Um, 44% shooting from the field and 41% shooting from three, right? Then we go to Zach Levine. Zach Levine is averaging 22 points per game, five rebounds, uh, 3.3 assists, 45% from the field and 35% from three. To me, you could make the argument that Tyler Hero is a better player this season. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just think that it's. I mean, numbers don't lie. Like, how much, uh, how much of an upgrade is Zach Levine really to Tyler Hero? No, but it's. I think that his like upside is ceiling, his cold bloodedness. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, Tyler Hero's younger. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're right. But I just thought that there might be more to. I just thought there might be more to the report. But you're making a really good point. And he's cheaper. He's significantly cheaper. If I'm the Heat, I'm not really looking for that. You know what I mean? I don't look. I think the Heat are fine with their current roster. If Tyler Hero continues to play like he is, because Bam. By the way, Bam. Okay, let's let's be real here. If it wasn't for like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, I, I think we'd be talking about Bam as an MVP candidate. But he's, like, he's been is, absolutely one of the mi- biggest. Best bigs in the NBA so far this season. I, sure. I think I think he's easily the best, third best center in the NBA. I know last year Sabonis kind of snagged that from him, but I think Bam's taking it back. Um, just more. I don't disagree. Better. Look, and he's just better defensively. I think that's I think that's fair to say. So, look, shout out to Bam for sure. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, J- Jonathan, I think we should go ahead and wrap this up, bud. Unless you yeah, have absolutely. Else. No, absolutely. Look, we appreciate everyone listening. It's been a, a little bit of a break since we recorded, so lots of games were played. Hope you enjoyed the recap. We will have a lot more uh, articles going up on the site with all the um, play that's been happening, and we appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. You can continue to listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you get your podcasts, and we truly appreciate all the support. And until next time, go Sixers. Go Sixers.